everybody and welcome, welcome, welcome to the Health and Sports Show. My name's Tom Butterfield and today we're going to talk about the five levels of leadership. And I've tried to give it a bit of context to my own experiences that I've had with my clients over the past sort of 15 years in clinical practice. I've borrowed the five leadership levels framework from the absolutely fantastic John Maxwell. And if this is an area that interests you, if you're in a position of leadership or you'd like to be in a position where you get the chance to lead others, then I really suggest that you explore his work in further detail. I'll leave a link to a nice, relatively brief sort of 25, 30 minute YouTube video uh, where he goes through the five levels of leadership. I played in sports teams for most of my sort of adolescence and childhood and young adulthood, I suppose you could say, into my 30s. And very fortunately, I had the opportunity to be captain of various different football teams. I think mainly, because I never asked the managers, but I think mainly it was due to the fact that I was quite often one of the better players on the team. Uh, I was there to, um, I sort of led by example, if you like. I, that was the type of guy I was. I respected the coaches very much, worked hard in training and during the matches. And most of all, I'd put everything on the line for my teammates. If they were on my team, then I didn't have to be best buddies with them, but I would still run through a brick wall to help them out on the pitch. So imagine my joy when I was given the opportunity to be captain of my school team when I was in the sixth form. So about sort of 16 turning 17, 18 soccer team for those across the pond. Uh, there I was with the opportunity to lead a team full, literally chocked full of my friends, people who I really cared about, trusted and already respected. We probably had two players who were sort of starting their fledgling careers playing in sort of semi-professional ranks. But other than that, it was a collection of guys who were playing sort of Sunday league youth level. But I knew from the very start, before we'd even kicked the ball together, that this group were much greater than the sum of its parts. The togetherness we had, the buy-in, the determination to see each other succeed was absolutely off the charts. It was really, really special to be a part of. And it was actually the most special sporting experience in my life so far. And to be fair, the age I am now, it's almost definitely going to remain the most special. We managed to take that team all the way to a national championship final, being underdogs pretty much through every single round, beating teams that included youth international players, teams that trained together every day of the week. And the team we beat in the semi-final went on a one-week training camp to Italy before the game. I don't honestly remember us even training together once in the whole year. What made us special as a group forged my ideas on leadership even before John Maxwell confirmed it to me in his work. I now see my clients as my teammates and I still contain that willingness to run through a brick wall for them because they've put their trust in me to lead them towards better health. And that means a lot to me. It's really not to be underestimated. It's something I take extremely seriously. But when a client first walks through my door, they're usually there because of some sort of pain. 
could be discomfort, temporary disability. In short, they've come to see me because they don't really have any other choice. This puts me at the bottom rung. Leadership level one is position level. I'm the leader in this situation because I'm the one who's going to provide clarity on what the problem is, what we're going to do about it, and then try to improve it. The client follows me because they have to at this stage and for no other reason. They've got no choice. They're in pain. They don't know what to do. I'm a chiropractor. That's my title. So therefore, I take on that leadership role. This is what I see as the start of our leadership journey with that client. Now, my position puts me in a position of leadership, but it doesn't make me a leader, if that makes sense. Because it's now up to me to build trust and to shape and define that working relationship together. If I don't, then the client is going to continue to give their lowest level of energy and effort towards improving their health and well-being. And they will completely check out as soon as they feel able to go back to their everyday life. They'll only work on their health when they're in the room with me. They won't bother doing it on their own time because there's no buy-in whatsoever. We need to get to leadership level two, at least, which is the permission level. Because now our clients will follow our lead, not because they have to, but because they want to. Now, it's no accident that we at our clinic, we have a one hour initial consultation. Because this gives us a chance to listen well, we'll observe and we learn more about you. Because at the end of the day, we're actually here to serve you. You know, we are the service. By going through this process, it enables us to get to know our client better and it gives us an opportunity to build some mutual connection and trust. Yes, we want to know about your problem, you know, what's brought you in today, because that's why you came in. But we also want to know about you because you might have noticed, but there's a person attached to that neck or to that knee or to that shoulder problem. And that person's got hopes, dreams, aspirations, doubts, and fears. And by sharing these and tapping into these in a confidential setting, that's how we can build that rapport, that trust, that respect that helps us to move into that level two permission level of leadership. Because if we don't make the effort to listen, observe, and learn, then it's going to be really difficult to push past level one. Now, leadership level Three is called the production level. We get here by producing results for our clients because it's all very well listening, observing and learning. But if we don't produce the results they're hoping for, then that's a problem. I often get asked by clients, you know, how do you think it's going? Am I getting better? And my respectful response is always something to the line of, well, you know, you tell me, do you feel it's getting better? Because remember, it's us serving the client. You came in with a problem. Do you feel that we've made any improvement? Do you feel better? Because otherwise, there's a huge opportunity for bias if the chiropractor, osteopath or physio 
starts to tell you that, oh, yeah, 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 you're, you're definitely feeling better. Now, how the hell do they know? They can't feel what you feel. Now, I see, you know, potentially 50 to 80 different people in a week. Now, can I honestly say that I remember how their back felt when they were in last week? Of course not. <laughs> no, so I don't pretend to. The biggest issue, I think, at this level, one of the biggest stumbling blocks anyway, is not being clear on what the client's expectations are and what us, the therapist, chiropractor, osteopath, physio, what our expectations are. Because we may find that we don't ask and they're hugely misaligned. You know, what, what do we feel the best and most likely outcome is? How long is it going to take? We might have someone come in and say, oh, will my ruptured ligament heal in three weeks so I can play in my cup final? Now, we might be assuming that they know that that's not true or never going to happen. But without us addressing that, then that can leave some confusion and can alter the amount of clarity that's there. So we'd say, no, <laughs> you need an MRI and you need an orthopedic assessment to rule out the need for surgery. <laughs> Something along that lines. Someone else might say, am I going to recover from this light low back spasm in the time for my skiing holiday in four weeks? And that's where we can say, well, yeah, you will. But you need to do your rehab exercises to reduce the risk of recurrence, all, all that sort of stuff. So making sure that we as the clinician go through what the expected results are and how we're going to get there and then achieving them. And that's our level three. So to get to leadership level three in the eyes of our clients, we need to help them improve their current situation. That is absolutely key because it's about results. If we can build good relationship and provide those results, then our clients are much more likely to recommend more people to come to us for help. This momentum that we've given our client helps us to build our business as well. And this solves a lot of business related issues, not just human problems. But we're not done at level three. This transition between level three and level four is where we've really been doing a lot of thinking over the last sort of two years, really. This is the real test of how well we've engaged our clients. This is where the big life changing results can happen. Now, if we can get to leadership level four, which is the people development level, that's really, really special. Now, the want for us to get to this level often surprises people because this isn't really what you came in for, was it? We, you know, you thought you were coming in to see a chiropractor to just get me out of a bit of pain, get me back on the sports field, and then I'm done. But in truth, we want so much more for our clients than that. If we've listened, observed, learned, managed to build that trust, form that connection and got you the results that you wanted. We now want to help launch you to bigger and better things. That's where we feel that our upcoming online support program will hopefully help bridge that gap between leadership levels three and four. This really, really excites me because remember, you're like a teammate to me. So I'm going to go to war for you, every single one of you. 
I want you to win your version of the national championship and achieve those goals and aspirations that perhaps we never really felt were possible. The absolute best feeling that I get during my day is when people don't just improve, but we see them transform far beyond what they thought was possible. This is where we can turn those who have followed us into being leaders themselves, to inspire those around them, to inspire those you care about to change for the better. We want people to say to themselves, you know, if they can do it, maybe I can too. We want to position you to inspire others to be a leader for positive change. That is what being a level four leader is all about. Turning your followers into leaders. And that's what we see our online support programmers doing. And finally, we've got leadership level five. This is the pinnacle level. Now, very few people ever get here. And of course, it will depend on who you see as, as a leader. I'm certainly not there. In, I, I think in order to reach this lofty, lofty target, you have to earn the respect of those around you by doing the listening, doing the observing, learning, produce the results and develop people into leaders consistently over a long period of time. So examples from sport could be, and I did actually struggle to think of a lot here from my own experience. Maybe some other people can chime in with some from other sports as well. But the, the one that really came to me first was Alec Ferguson. He's a guy with a proven track record of, of results and developing players and bringing them through. We have Nick Saban, who is the head coach of the Alabama American football team, Alabama University football team. Uh, been there many, many years, won many, many national championships and also develops the players and brings many players through into the NFL to you know, reach that pinnacle of their sport. And one that I was looking at recently is a, a charity called Kinetic Foundation. Now, I see them as, as a fantastic project because they're actually on their way to this level five, I think, in my opinion, by building better lives for those in their local area and for London as a whole. And I really recommend that you do check them out. They're a fantastic organization. And I'll stick a link in the show notes uh, so you can go and check them out. People follow these leaders because of what they've done and what they continue to do. They don't ever seem to rest on their success. They're always listening. They're observing and learning in order to keep producing results for people so that they can transform those people into leaders themselves. It's a fluid, never-ending process. And yes, you know, we do hope to get to level five one day. That's what we're shooting for. Because if we do, then it means that we've maximized the positive impact that we uh, can possibly have on the world. And that is what motivates me the most. That's why I record this podcast. That's why we produce our content for a YouTube channel. That's why we're always going to listen to you, observe you and learn from you every single one of you so that we can bring better results for you and for those that follow you through the door and those who connect with us from all around the world. 
Now, some of you who I've worked with already will have an idea of, hopefully from this, what level you feel I have been with you. Because of course, with everyone, it's going to be different, isn't it? You know, sometimes you click with someone and sometimes you don't. So you might not ever get past that level one. But that's okay because I don't expect everybody to see me as a a level one, level two, level three, level four. But trust me when I say that every damn day I'm doing my best to make it happen so that I can transform your health and well-being into you know, whatever way you choose, whatever those goals and aspirations are that you choose, I will run through that brick wall for you if given the chance. So I guess I'll leave you with the question for a bit of self-reflection. Ask yourself, what type of leader are you? What level are you? And are you a different type of leader to different people? And are you a different type of leader in different situations? And how can you improve your leadership style to get the best out of those around you. Well, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. It went on a little bit longer than I expected. I found myself getting quite emotional at times, to be honest. The goosebumps were appearing as I thought of some of the success stories that we've had down the years. And uh, if you are one of them, then please feel free to uh, leave a comment in the review section. You know, you can email us on info at elevatehealthuk.com. Perhaps you can make yourself uh, known by subscribing to the podcast and maybe leaving a comment on our YouTube channel, whichever it is, but we'd love to hear from you. But uh, thanks for listening and we'll see you in the next episode. Bye now.